I'm Jan. And I'm Lynn. Welcome to the Lamplighters podcast. Lamplighters is a community that encourages women to grow in our faith through the study of God's Word. We are grateful to be on the journey with you this year as we travel through the Psalms. Jan, it's always exciting to start off a new year. Shall we dive right in? Oh, Lynn, you are definitely the water girl. I think in this one, I want to stick a toe in first and (laughs) wade in kind of slowly. Uh And so we're going to do that by doing something that several people have asked us to do. And that is every year we Mm -hmm. get requests to share how we put these studies together. Yeah. So let's start off there by giving our friends sort of a peek behind the curtain as to how we got to the exploration of the Psalms. Right. And then we can dive into deeper water. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Okay, so first we prayed, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's serious reliance on the Holy Spirit for all of these. We prayed and others prayed along with us. Absolutely. We we couldn't do it without them because, frankly, you and I don't know what we're doing. So that's always the given is that we pray. And then Lynn has been drawn to the Psalms for several months. And basically, when she told me about it, it just felt logical when you said that. And so thinking about the trajectory of the past several years, it's been the attributes of God, the attributes of Jesus— the Holy Spirit. And so what naturally follows from that is where do we fit Mm -hmm. in all of that? So we were led to the Psalms because they delve into our relationship with God. You know, who, who He is, certainly, who He wants us to be, how He shapes us, how we communicate with Him, and, and what He reveals about Himself and about ourselves. So the Psalms are obviously divinely inspired by Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit, as is the entire Bible, but Mm -hmm. they are also very distinctly human. They strip us down to our essential selves, Mm -hmm. and they deal with every single possible human emotion you can imagine, and that's why we resonate with them on such a deep level. So because of that, they enfold us in our relationship with God. They reveal who we are, who God is, where we fit, all right? So that was the easy part, Mm -hmm. deciding what to study. And then came the not-so-easy part, Mm -hmm. which was how in the world are we going to do this? And that's where you played a huge role. Oh, well, I don't know about that. It was was a a daunting task. it, It was a very daunting task. Um, so I had never really given much thought to the Psalms. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. Because as you know, Jan, I did not grow up in a tradition that studied the Bible ever. Mm-hmm. And I was in my late 20s before I ever even thought about studying Scripture. And that, is, that wasn't even because I wanted to study Scripture. There was a Bible <laughs> study that I want my children in. Mm-hmm. And the only way they could be in it was if I was signed up to be in it. So I signed them up. And that is how I started studying the Bible. And that's, and once I started, you know, I was sucked in and just, it just gave me life. And, uh, you know, now nearly four decades later, I'm I'm still still in it. Yeah. It's part, it's part of my daily life. Once again, we are led by our children, right? Pay (laughs) attention. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So you mentioned that I had been attracted to the Psalms and that's true, but I will also confess that I had very selfish motives. And that is because after all these years of doing Bible studies, I realized that the Psalms had never been one of the things that I had studied. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, I've read through the Psalms. I've got plenty of things underlined and highlighted, and and that's about it. That's about as deep as I've gone. But when I started actually thinking about the Psalms and studying them and reading them with the intention of maybe studying it, Mm -hmm. you know, this year— an interesting thing happened. 
You know how you can buy a new car and you think, oh, this is a special, unique car. And all of a sudden you see that same car everywhere. Yes. And the same color. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Or maybe you are pregnant or you're trying to get pregnant or you're thinking you want to have a baby. And all of a sudden, everywhere you look, you see pregnant women. Yep. Well, that's what happened to me with the Psalms. Once I started thinking about them, they were everywhere. You know, I started noticing how many people I knew said that the Psalms are their lifeline, that that's what they turn to more often than anything else. Mm -hmm. I started noticing how many theologians and mentors of mine and devotionals that I read and even sermons that I listened to referred to the Psalms and talked about how important it is to have them as a part of your daily life. Now, how could I have missed out on something so profound? Uh, It was a little startling to me. You're not the only one. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, as a result of all of those things, I started reading and studying, and it really they really are life-giving. You know, there is no human condition or emotion that is not covered in the Psalms. They show me how to approach God and how He wants me to be fully transparent with Him in all circumstances. You know, we we all know that God knows what we're thinking anyway, Mm -hmm. but for some reason we try and hide the stuff that's, you know, not so pleasant or or negative or whatever. Yeah, because we don't want to think about it. And if we say it to God, we have to think about it, right? Yeah, exactly. But the Psalms help you put that into action, Mm -hmm. that communication with God. And even though they are new to me, I am confident that they will become transformational and comforting and something that I'm going to turn to often. So as you can see, I'm very excited about what we're going to study this year. True confession, Lynn. I am also very excited, but I was kind of in your place too. Yeah. Uh, I've never done a systematic study of the Psalms, uh-huh. and I'm not sure this is going to be systematic what we right. do this well, year. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be deeper than anything I've ever done. Right. Um, I always read the Psalms devotionally, uh-huh. usually when I was in trouble. Right. And I was hurting or confused, and I needed something to help me during that specific need, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it's not a natural go-to for me. Usually, well, one one of the reasons is I'm not a big fan of poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I sometimes think, why can't they just say what they mean straight up, right? <laughs> yes. uh, and the Psalms are definitely poetry. Mm-hmm. And even worse, they're poetry set to music. Oh. So they are songs. So there's, yes. there's two strikes in my book, right? Mm-hmm. But I have come to love the Psalms, and I'll tell you how. For others who may be reluctant about this, mm-hmm. I am not a poetry person, but I am definitely a word person. Mm-hmm. And the Psalms are filled with imagery and symbols that are trying to express the inexpressible. Yeah. And they capture my imagination and they just draw me in to, mm-hmm. to the Psalm, the yeah. actual Psalm. So here's one helpful trick that I learned. Okay. Okay. Poems are meant to be heard. Heard. Mm. Heard. Mm. Right? Yes. And that means we have to read them out loud. Mm. Or if you're musically inclined and you're very brave, you can sing them, (laughs) but out loud. Now, we say that every year. Yes. God's word is meant to be heard. Read the text out loud, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure anybody actually follows our advice. Right. But this year, I actually did. Because reading them out loud is even more essential for the Psalms. Mm -hmm. The reason is because you can hear the author's intent better. When those words form in your mouth and they burst forth with those themes and intersecting 
images that are in the Psalms. You can capture the parallels the author's making. You can hear the play on words, um, carrying a depth and a meaning that you don't get if you read them just to yourself. Mm. And you can almost touch the emotions that are involved. When we read silently, it allows us to remain remote. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Yeah, distance. We can distance ourselves from Mm -hmm. what's going on. But when we read out loud, the words grab us and engage us, and they don't let us go. Uh, So that's very helpful for me to read the Psalms out loud. And I have become so enamored with them that I wish I knew Hebrew, uh, (laughs) because I know that we miss, you know, depth and and richness that is involved in the original language. And so I found myself the other day thinking, I wonder if I could learn Hebrew. And then I decided, no, I'm not going to do that to Lynn. Um, So I'm not. Good. But I found a quote by Eugene Peterson that really sums it up. He says, we are made by and for the voice of God. Listening to and answering that voice is our most characteristic act. We are most ourselves when we pray. Mm. Now, that was a new thought for me. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, as you have done mission trips in places where the mother tongue is not English, Mm -hmm. and this dawned on me that prayer is our mother tongue. The Psalms are a way of cultivating fluency in that mother tongue. The psalmist certainly knew how to talk to God and with God, and they provide for us a gateway into that intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. So, the Holy Spirit led us to the study. The Holy Spirit was easing us through into the study, (laughs) right? Yes. But it still seemed very complicated about how to create a study. Mm -hmm. And that's where you came in again, very strongly. So why don't you share with our friends where and how we got started? Okay. This is, let's just see if you can follow me through. One of the very first things I wanted was a big picture overview of of the Psalms. Mm -hmm. I just kind of wanted to step back and, and have an outline and, and just have an explanation of sort of what was going on. And I found that online at The Bible Project. Now, I first came across The Bible Project when I was working with the youth at our church. It was something they used a lot um, when introducing the kids to a new scripture. Mm -hmm. And they are these videos that are sort of like line drawings and and a voiceover that have this unique way, I think, of sort of simplifying it, but also giving a lot of information. And so that's where I started. And that's where I encourage all of our listeners to start as well. There's a nine-minute video on an overview of the Psalms that is really good. It gives all kinds of detail that we aren't going to go into um, right now or or really very much throughout the year. Um, We'll leave a link on the website, but it's easy enough to remember. It's just BibleProject.com. Okay, I'm going to interrupt here and uh, tell our friends what you told me. Uh, You did not tell me I had to watch this video, <laughs> but you strongly suggested that I yes. watch it. And, and I did find it to be very, very helpful. But I want to warn our listeners, it's like drinking from a fire hose. There is so much there. You cannot watch it just one time. That's right. Um, well, I haven't watched it one time. I've probably watched it more than a dozen times <laughs> by now. And I'm sure I will go back to it again and again over our study this year. Um, but I'm going to try and give you a very abbreviated recap of some of the information that I found there. Okay. So just hold on for a minute. 
The Psalms are a collection of 150 ancient Hebrew songs, poems, and prayers from all different periods in Israel's history. And they have a unique design and message. So they start off with an introduction that is actually Psalms 1 and 2. And that sets the Psalms up. Those two Psalms set this whole book of Psalms up as a prayer book of God's people. And then those two Psalms are followed by five books. Now, each of those books talks about God in a different way. So let me tell you about those five books. The first one include, they they include all five of them include Psalms 3 through 145. Because after Psalm 5, there are four more individual Psalms. And those are Psalms 146 through 150. And they conclude the entire book of Psalms. So there's a prelude of Psalms 1 and 2. And there's a postlude of the praise Psalms. And in between, there are five books. Great. Okay, so in book one, we see how God goes beside us, and these psalms are sometimes referred to as the Davidic psalms. Now, book two shows how God goes before us, and they are sometimes referred to as historical psalms. Book three is all about the tragedy of the Israelite exile and the downfall of David's royal line. And that book reminds us that God is all around us, and these are the liturgical psalms. Now, books four and five rekindle a hope, a hope for the coming Messiah, a new temple. And specifically, book four shows us that God is above us, reminding the Israelites of their roots and are sometimes referred to as pre-captivity psalms. And then that last book, book five, shows us that God is among us. And those psalms are a record of captivity and then, most importantly, return. Okay, that sounds relatively complicated. Um, I'm going to have to go back and make notes, but I think it will be really helpful to know those divisions. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'm sure there's an arc from the beginning to the end as well. Right, right. So a bigger step back is that all of the psalms fall into two major categories. They are either poems of lament or they are poems of praise. Now, the poems of lament point to the problems of man in this world and are basically asking God to do something about it, while the poems of praise recall all the things that are good in the world and all the things we should be thankful to God for, for his many blessings. Now, this is not ironclad, but most (laughs) of the laments are in books one through three, and most of the praise comes in books four and five. And then that five-part conclusion is all about praise. It's praising God for his faithfulness. And each of those psalms begins and ends with the word hallelujah, Mm. which is very uplifting. So this shift that we see throughout the psalms from lament to praise really points to the very nature of what our prayer should look like. Mm. You know, we see what's wrong and we bring it to God. That's our lament. And then we wait in faith for him, faith for him, acknowledging his character and his power. And that's the praise part. So it's a, it's a template for us. That's right. It's a template. So for me, this is what the Psalms are helping me to understand. They're helping me to understand that God is okay with us crying out to him with every human emotion, no matter how difficult. I mean, let's face it, as I said, he already (laughs) knows. He knows what we're thinking and we're feeling. But when we go to him with our laments, we are building that relationship with him because we trust him enough to really open up our hearts and tell him 
what it is. And that should be our ultimate goal is building that relationship with him. And then as that relationship builds, we should become more aware of who God is and all that he's done and all that he continues to do for us. And then that should lead to more praise. Mm -hmm. Now, as you said, this is a lot of information. And if that's the kind of thing that really excites you and you love all the little specific details, then mm-hmm. go back to that video and watch that video. Because and take notes. And take notes, because there's more in it than that. If, however, you have stopped listening and your eyes have <laughs> glazed over and this is of no significance to you, oh. fear not. That is as technical as we're going to get this year. Um, the actual study we are going to do is going to be much more personal and individual in its scope. And smaller. And smaller, yes. Um, That is an excellent overview. And I would encourage people to sort of have that as a foundation in the back of their minds. Because it will help us stay oriented. Mm -hmm. You know, is it lament or praise? That's shorthand we can remember. Yeah. Um, But back to the behind the curtain story. Uh, Viewing the video didn't really solve our problem about how to organize a study that was smaller and more personal in scope. Mm -hmm. And frankly, neither did the commentaries or the books that I read. Right. Uh, People write a lot about the Psalms, Mm -hmm. but it it, they write about the Psalms. Yeah. And we wanted to be able to explore the Psalms. Mm -hmm. So we decided we could go by the books, by those five books, Mm -hmm. uh, and dividing the study into five segments. Uh, And there is a lot to be said. Um, about, about reading the Psalms from start to finish oh, yeah. in order mm-hmm. because they are intricately designed and you can feel that mm-hmm. when you read the Psalms in order. You, you get that overview. Mm-hmm. But that felt a little stilted and repetitious to us, so we opted to divide our exploration into topics. Mm-hmm. And it's like trust and hope and fear and all of those mm-hmm. human experiences that are common to all of us. In fact, here's a helpful hint. If you're studying along with us with the actual studies Mm -hmm. printed from the website, uh, you'll find the topic in the upper right-hand corner of those lessons because every once in a while, I know I get lost and I think, wait a minute, what are we talking about? Right. And it's there in the upper right-hand corner. That's helpful because the divisions are somewhat arbitrary. Mm -hmm. There's no... A uh, pure psalm about fear, right? Or pure psalm about refuge. Mm-hmm. The the themes are constantly interweaving one around another. Mm-hmm. So the psalm can start off as a lament and mm-hmm. and end with praise. Mm-hmm. Um, the same topics recur with a great deal of regularity mm-hmm. in all the psalms. So there's hope in the midst of fear. Uh, there's thanksgiving in the midst of despair. There's doubt always tickling around the edges of trust. And, you know, and that's no surprise because we're human. That's right. right. Yeah. We don't feel something once and then move on. Exactly. It's constantly all tangled up together. Exactly. So what we did then was that we divided the Psalms into 20 topical lessons. And then we gave those to our small group leaders who went to work writing those last questions at the end of each study. And that's always a very, probably the most popular part of our uh, lamplighter study. Yeah, they do a good week. job. They do a great job. And then our our wizard on the computer, Ruth, collated all the lessons and formatted each one so that they can be downloaded from our website. And a million thanks to her. And basically, that's how this year came together. So now you know. Exactly. And as long as we're thanking people, we need to send a huge shout out to Shannon uh-huh. for managing our website and getting the registration going. 
She does everything behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. if she didn't, we wouldn't be here. That's right. So thank you to Shannon Nisley. Um, okay, let's now turn to the reporter questions, who, what, where, when, why, how, to get a kind of a foundation. Okay. And we're going to, because I'm talking, we're going to start with what, which is easier. Okay. Right, <laughs> you get the hard ones. Um, as you said, Lynn, the Psalms are a carefully and intricately crafted collection of poetry, 150 poems mm-hmm. to be precise. And they are written as songs that recount Israel's history. Yeah. They recount God's covenant promises, where we fit in the relationship with the triune God. And they are written for a choir to be sung as a part of worship, but mm-hmm. they're not entirely a hymn book. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so the who and the when. So who, there are seven authors that we know of that are named, but there are also some anonymous ones in there too. Um, David, King David, is credited with writing the most. He wrote 73 that we know of. But Asaph, the sons of Korah, and even Moses contributed. And all of these authors were skilled musicians because, as we said, these are songs. And they led the Israelites in worship. Now, the when is not very specific either <laughs> because it's over a long period of time. It began with the time of, in the time of Moses, which is 15th century B.C., and then it goes to David and Solomon in the, in the 10th century and then B.C., and then down through the times of exile and after Israel returned to Palestine, which is 5th century B.C. So if my math is right, it covered 10 centuries. That's a lot. A thousand years. Yeah. That is a lot of time. Okay, why? Why were the Psalms written? <clears throat> there are lots of motivations rising out of the various experiences of the psalmist for specific reasons, and we'll see some of those uh, when we go through. But as a whole, they were written for a people, mm-hmm. for a community, not for individuals, mm-hmm. even though, like David, as an individual, wrote an individual psalm about maybe a horrible thing going on in his life, and he was crying out to God. Uh-huh. But he wrote that for the people of God. Right. That was a public thing. Right. It was not private. And we need to remember that. The psalms are an aid to worship, mm-hmm. but they are also a book of discipleship. Mm-hmm. So they direct us to God mm-hmm. and bring us into His presence, but they also shape and form us into the people He wants us to be. Uh, we're going to find all kinds of themes, you know, salvation, creation, curses, which get to be pretty colorful and, cre- <laughs> and creative and clever. <laughs> yes. I wish I'd thought of them myself. Uh, blessings, you know, joys, laments, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. They give us the words to bring that wide range of emotions we've been talking about and experiences before God that we otherwise might not mm-hmm. or we might not have the words for. Yeah, yeah. That's what the purpose of the psalm is. Um, so there is another art in the Psalms besides just lament mm-hmm. and praise. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like everything in the entire Bible. It includes the arc of our own story with yeah, God. Yeah. From Genesis to Revelation, we will find all of that inside the Psalms. It marks the journey of uh, our intimate relationship with God mm-hmm. through the mess of brokenness and rebellion that we've made of life, to our need for salvation, to God's provision of salvation, uh, and and for the ever reign of our eternal King on the throne. Mm -hmm. In fact, and this is what I didn't know originally, 
But when you explore these Psalms with the help of the Holy Spirit, we will find Jesus throughout the Psalms. It really is a book for him. Because that's the salvation God's promising. It, that's exactly that's right. right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay, back on track. I okay. cut us off. Okay, so how? How were these Psalms written? Um, this brings us into sort of literary features and actual construction of the Psalms. Um, as we said earlier, they're poems, so we must be ready to interpret the various staples of poetry. We've got image, metaphor, simile, personification, hyperbole. They use a disciplined imagination to follow these connections, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's why it helps to read them out loud. That's right. So all the Psalms are written in a verse form. You know, you look at a poem and you know it's not written like a paragraph. Right. It's written in verse forms. And this is an important feature. And even though it takes up a lot more room to print out these lessons on paper, it's important that we keep them in this form for the lessons because it really affects the way the the Psalms are read. Um, They are much easier to follow if we read or sing out loud and keep them in this uh, poem form. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some basic categories that we will touch on this year. As you said, laments, praises, thanksgiving. Wisdom, confidence, there are some historical psalms, even prophetic psalms. You know, there's penitence and there's, as you said, cursing, but there's also joy and hope. And remember that all these categories are in many, many of the psalms. They go Mm -hmm. back and forth. They weave in and out. Um, So if you're reading a particular psalm and it's about trust, It may also be about hope. It may also be about despair. You just don't know. You just Mm -hmm. need to absorb all of these feelings. And that actually is the Holy Spirit's gift to us this year, is to learn these words that are repeated and so that they capture our hearts and we can repeat them back to God. Mm -hmm. And that's the Holy Spirit's gift. That's right. Yeah. So pay attention if there's a word that jumps out to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so this brings me to my favorite part of every news study, and that is why in the world are we in Psalms? <laughs> you know, what's the point for us? Well, mm-hmm. by the end of the year, there will be many points for many people. Yes. We don't know what that is right now. But ultimately, it's about our relationship with God, of course. What's so important about the Psalms? We've said generally what was important about them. But to be specific, I, of all people, am going to quote a poet. Oh, good. Yeah, Malcolm Geit. G-U-I-T-E. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but he's a British poet, and he's become a favorite of mine. And he says, this is a quote, Psalms are the heart of the scripture and unlock and express the secrets of our hearts, mm-hmm. our deepest fears, longings, and hopes. It's like someone else said, the Psalms explore the depth of life's reality they are non-negotiable honesty, uh, non-negotiable honesty, mm. not as we think we are, not as we want to be, but as we really are. They hold up a mirror to us and show us the us mm-hmm. that God knows and loves, yeah. right? The us that God is shaping mm-hmm. through these Psalms. Yeah. So that made me think about honesty and transparency. You know, there are so few places in the world, maybe none, where we can be completely honest mm. and transparent. Yeah. Um, the Psalms provide us that space and a pathway, an intimacy. It teaches us how to do that, mm-hmm. to become, grow in our relationship with the God that the psalmist knew so well. 
honesty and transparency are essential to us as human beings Mm -hmm. to be the people God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. And yet we spend most of our time in our lives hiding in one fashion or another. Mm. The fact is, Lynn, you cannot hide from the Psalms. No, you can't. Um, (laughs) And if you're listening and that thought scares you half to death, well, don't worry, you're not alone. We've all been there. We are all still there. But remember, the Psalms reveal the Savior who knew these prayers and hymns by heart. Mm -hmm. He prayed them. He sang them. Mm -hmm. He immersed himself in them. The Psalms breathe and sing the grace of God because they are saturated with Jesus. Yeah, I love that description. And that is one thing that I did learn, am learning Mm -hmm. in the Psalms is how often Jesus did quote them in his ministry because he knew them. Yeah. Um, I wanted to add one thing that I came across a while ago that really pushed me further into looking at the Psalms more deeply because it said this, the Psalms teach about our attitude in approaching the Lord and the reasons why we sometimes choose not to. Ooh. Yeah. How about that for honesty? (laughs) I can tell you there are plenty of times that I choose not to approach God, mostly because I'm too concerned with myself and not as concerned with my relationship with Him. But my hope (laughs) is for this year that that my hesitancy hesitancy will be replaced with a determination that always choosing to go to Him with with whatever is on my heart is Mm. what He wants from us. And it's the best best and only thing to do. Yeah. May May it be so for all of us. Right. Okay, now we've finished the overview and the introduction to this year's study, and I know it's been long. Thanks (laughs) for hanging in with us. But because we finished it, we really kind of should talk for a minute about lesson one next week. Okay. Okay, due to, I don't know if it's popular, but it certainly is insistent demand, we are going to record the podcast for lesson one, The Two Paths, Wednesday, September 21st. At 945 in FE 200 at Covenant Presbyterian Church in Austin, Texas, and we will record it live and in person. (laughs) And Lynn has just breathed this huge sigh. (laughs) We're doing it also in fear and trembling. Yes, we are. So if you you are listening to us and you want to experience the rest of the story about what happens behind the curtain, please come for coffee next week at 930. Um, You'll see that it's... A wonder that the Holy Spirit does anything with us. <laughs> it's going to be it's, very disappointing, I'm afraid. No, it's, okay. it's going to be fun. Okay. Anyway, and for those uh, of, of our friends who don't meet um, on Wednesday morning, they meet at a different time, mm-hmm. we're going to post this podcast of Lesson 1 Wednesday afternoon. So it will not be up on Monday, but it will be up Wednesday afternoon. Right. after it's recorded after live. After we record it live, yep. yeah. Okay, so what are we going to leave our friends with today? Besides great anticipation of yes. the flubs we're going to do next week? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it's a challenge. I would like for people to read Genesis 1 and 2 straight through. Don't mm-hmm. study it. Read it out loud. Okay. Before we do lesson one, because you'll begin to hear what we're talking about. There's poetic notes of resonance in Genesis 1 and 2 that will resonate through Psalms. So that's what I would like for our leader, our readers, readers, our listeners to do. Okay, that sounds great. Yep. Well, until next time. 